Welcome to the Real Estate Masters Podcast, a podcast with top real estate agents sharing insights of how they've grown their business. Every guest is unique and serves different markets, so you will find value in each and every episode. And now our host, executive coach, April Mack. Welcome to Real Estate Masters Podcast. I'm so excited to have you with me. It is December. I cannot believe 2020 is wrapping up and it's 2021 is just right around the corner. We're going to blink twice and it's going to be here. I want to just encourage you as you think about moving into 2021 you know, we can't control the weather, we can't control the economy, we can't control politics. There's so many things in our life that we really cannot control. But you can map out a strategy. And I want to encourage you as you're thinking about 2021 and what you want that to look like, sit down and plan out and think about what you want it to look like and maybe consider working with a coach. I shared uh, recently uh, Barbara Arredondo in, I think, episode two of this podcast. She said when she hired a coach, she doubled her income in six months. And we hear that over and over again. So really consider what it would look like in your life to have a coach. And I love working with people that are driven and want to succeed. And as you'll hear in this interview today, though, more is not always better. So it doesn't just mean more in working harder or more in more business. That might be what you want, but it might just mean more of having the better bottom line and more quality of life. And so I love working with people and assessing all of those things and mapping out a strategy for that. I'm not a life coach, but in coaching executives and entrepreneurs, real estate agents, we also also obviously do some life coaching in that we're looking at the whole person and wanting to be um, whole all the way around in all the areas of our lives. So I've said a lot to just say that I would love to talk with you if you're interested in having a coach. I also coach teams and have wonderful tools in my toolbox for coaching teams and looking at that to work in a very healthy environment and how important it is that teams are healthy and how much more productive we are when we are a healthy team. Um, I also want to encourage you to follow me on social media. I'm Coach April Mack. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and I have a Facebook page, Coach April Mack. I have mastermind groups that are going to be starting a new one in January, and we have a few spots left for that if you're interested in that. My Christmas gift to you is that if you would like to sign up for a mastermind group, those are real estate agents from all over the country. They are non-competitors in the fact that they're not all in the same market. I don't put two people that are in the same market in a mastermind group. Those are in the evening, a maximum of 12 people in no more than two new agents in a group. So everybody learns and those are so fun. They're 90 minutes on Zoom and would love to implement you being in one of those mastermind groups, reach out to me. And if you sign up for one year, I'll give you one month free, my Christmas gift to my podcast listeners. And um, if you will reach out to me on social media, 
or go to my website, coachaprilmack.com, and you'll find how to reach me and we'll get you into a mastermind group. We have a few openings for that January group and we'll open some more up if we have enough response. Today, I'm interviewing Jennifer Mertland. She's out of Cincinnati, Ohio with uh, Team Synergy. And this is just such a fun interview. I can tell, I said to Jennifer that I think I would have a lot of fun hanging out with her And one of the things I want to preface this by just saying is that one of the things I love about the podcast and interviewing different people, everyone has different personalities. And Jennifer today is going to talk a lot about cold calling. And you may, some of you may have just thrown up in your mouth when I said cold calling because you hate it that much. And I get that. And what I want to say is don't shut the podcast off just because of that. I really believe because we have different personalities Everybody brings something different to the table. And I'm going to dare say that there will be something in this podcast that you will get that could benefit you in your business. So listen, yes, she's going to talk a lot about cold calling. She's going to tell us how she traveled for a full year and still worked, believe it or not, as a successful real estate agent, how she's looking forward to retiring in two years. And so and what that will kind of look like for her. And so she's actually planning to probably still do the same thing that she does right now, but just in a different financial setting. So There's a lot of great information in this interview with Jennifer. She's just a lot of fun. And I know that you're going to get a lot out of it. Listen, leave me a review. Tell us what you're getting from the podcast. I had a great review from Melissa. She said, really enjoyed. Just had my first listen. I'm a new agent and found it very helpful. I believe new agents, seasoned agents, people of at any place in their career can find something from the podcast. And we appreciate you listening and subscribing. And now I'm going to get right to my interview with Jennifer Mertland. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for being with me today. Hi, April. How are you? I'm great. Just getting over some COVID myself. So I'm feeling better and doing well. I appreciate you joining me on the podcast today. So tell me a little bit about you. Thanks for having me. Well, my favorite color is blue. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but my bird- I love blue too. Which color blue? <laughs> I really like royal blue. Me too. Oh my gosh. All right. This is going to be great. My birthday's in two weeks. Is yours? Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. No. Oh, okay. No. Mine is in the summer. <laughs> well, you're lucky. I always get gypped. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've been in real estate. I started off as a wholesaler. We, we were wholesaling short sales. And then um, I got my real estate license about 10 years ago and then just became a regular realtor. And I've coached and trained agents. I don't do that anymore. Um, but we do have also a podcast called Toe to Toe Podcast. And we're getting ready to change the name to Realtor Fight Club, which I feel like is more appropriate for ours. Ours is a little more battleground than yours. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm a little more friendly in my <laughs> podcast. But go ahead, give it, go ahead and tell us a little bit about the podcast. So it's uh, Monica Weekly and myself. We're the co-hosts of it. And um, I am a more... I say like grassroots, cold calling, no BS type person. And she's more like stuff on Facebook and 
build relationships and all this. So we take like a topic, like say, for example, well, you're going to be on it. So your topic is going to be, oh, like what to do if you have an expired listing. So, I mean, that's not really a good one to battle about. But anyway, so she'll have one opinion, I'll have the other opinion, and we kind of battle. And then we have guests like yourself come on and give either a third perspective, or we normally like you to pick sides. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we can. Yeah. It's really fun. I listened to a little, a couple of episodes and it is really fun and they're very, very short. Yeah, so mine short. typically are longer episodes and yours are about how long? About 15, 20 minutes. They're short. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one yeah. topic. Like, should I have the buyer, uh, should I recommend the buyer write a letter to the seller when submitting an offer? I'll be like, hell no. Monica will be like, <laughs> absolutely. Then we fight. And then most of the time, everybody agrees with Monica. But that's okay. Oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> funny. So tell us a little bit about, is it, we haven't talked about where you are and all of that. Yeah. So tell us where you are. Well, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. We serve Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky. But I actually traveled right before COVID. I was actually traveling the world for a year and was able to run my real estate business from around the world visiting 17 countries. So most people find that pretty interesting. And when I got back, we were trying to tell agents like, look, you can do this too. And they were like, no way, no way, no way. And then the second COVID hit, my phone was like ringing off the hook. Like, how do I do this virtually? Like, it's easy. You got this. And now everybody knows. And so now, you know, you can travel and run your business. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did that start? How did you, what made you want to go visit 17 countries in a year? You, you literally took a whole year off. No, I worked. So that was the thing, right? So like I did work. That's how I was able to run the business while I was gone. Yeah. I mean, you have to work, right? So sure, sure. Um, you just have to work on, I worked on Ohio time zone. So like when I was in Japan, well, most of Asia, I worked from seven or eight at night until like two in the morning. Because here in Cincinnati, it was like seven or eight in the morning till like two in the afternoon. So you just right. have to adjust. But it was fun. I mean, I always wanted to do it. And then, honestly, I always say I didn't even know how to use the computer before like, I went on this trip. But for some reason, I was like on Facebook. I think I was trying to figure it out. It like an ad popped up for this company called Remote Year, which I'm not sure that they're around anymore, but the it popped up and I was like, oh, that looks like exactly what's on my vision board. It's just like traveling around the world thing. But I always thought it would be like too expensive or, you know, I couldn't do it because I'm a real estate agent or like whatever. Right. And so I clicked on it and all it is is for people that work remotely, which I just like, I think I can do that. And the price was so cheap. I, I'm afraid to tell you because you'll die, but I'll tell you. It was $27,000. That included airfare, hotel, not the hotel. It was an Airbnb and like two events in each city. Wow. And and were, were you happy with the accommodations? That would always be my big I question. Mean, you a know, little bit of a terrible snob. Yeah. For them, I would say overall, yes, it was fine. I mean, I'm fairly flexible, but overall, yeah, it was fine. Like there were some that were super, super good and some that were like, "Eh, (laughs) we could do better. Like, well, and (laughs) and obviously you have to change your standards depending on what country you're in. So I have also found that to be true. No, that's exactly true. Yeah. Like in Thailand, it was perfect. Like we had our own little apartment. And then in like, but when we were in Chile, 
some of our windows were out and we were right where all the riots happened. So we got tear gassed by the police twice, which is annoying. Oh my word. That's crazy. It's annoying and it hurts. Wow. Yeah. But whatever. It's an adventure. Right. And I could still do real estate at the same time. I mean, I'll be on the roof in Morocco, the workspace talking, making my cold calls. They wouldn't even know. They don't care. That's incredible. So, oh, now I want this to be a travel podcast instead of a real estate (laughs) podcast. I want to go like, okay, so where all did you go? And what was it like? Okay. Got to tell us really quick. What was your favorite place? Um, I have three. Sorry. So my top three are Hanoi, Vietnam. Uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and Mexico City, Mexico. Really? Yes. And my least favorite, huh? Not Guam. Guam. uh, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Mexico. Okay. Least favorite is Japan. And most people will turn the podcast off because they hate me for saying that. But I'm just not down with Japan. I'm too loud. I always got, they do this thing where they X you. They like make a sign, the X sign with their hands if you're doing something wrong. So like if you're too loud, if you're too whatever, not enough of this, too much of this. I mean, it's it's all these rules. And so if you're jaywalking, so I got axed a lot. That is funny. (laughs) That is really funny. I think we could implement that into our society. That might be helpful. (laughs) How long did you usually stay in a place? About a month. There was a couple. The reason why I went to 17 was there was a couple of side trips we made that were only a few days. So like I went to Easter Island for a couple of days, which was amazing. I went to Cuba for a couple of days. I mean, just like a few little side trips. Right. Yeah. Right. Those are the best. That's too. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and lastly on the travel. So why were those places your favorite places? Um, I'm a city girl like I live in downtown Cincinnati now so like I like the buildings I like being able to walk everywhere I like most of the places have like some type of transportation that was easy like I like being central and so and I like being able to like yeah just walk everywhere go to dinner do whatever not really have to think too much just like walk outside and go and those places were big cities and they were reasonably safe I mean a lot of people were thought Mexico City is not safe. But I I mean, I lived in Latin America for four months and my only problem was the police tear gassing us. Hmm. So that's, yeah, that's, that's really crazy. So, I mean, most people are going to go, what, how in the world, this is not practical. You can't show houses, you can't. So how, I mean, how really practically did you do this being gone a year, still sell real estate? Well, before I left, I had a team, there were like 10, 12, something like that. We'll just say like about 10 of us. And I did, we did go down to four at that time. But for me, that was more of like, that was before I even kind of knew that I was leaving. We were going down to four because as you, and people will learn this as they build and grow their teams. Like for me, the most profitable team is smaller because I do a lot. I like doing the work of it. Like I like the cold calling and stuff like that. What I don't like is the like going on appointments and stuff. So I already wasn't doing that. So that's more your business is based more on the cold calling and then 
you are passing off then those leads to someone else or it tells yeah. what that looks like. So we had um, one assistant at the time and then there were two agents. And so we would actually all like cold call or call us fair or whatever and help each other. Right. So like, I mean, if I was in town and they needed help, like, of course, like I would go. Right. But, um, or if we, it was better for two of us to be there, but like now how our team is set up is I, um, I have a partner. He's was one of the agents that's been with me that, like for the last six years, his name's Alan. He's the best. Everybody should get an Alan. He goes on all the appointments anyway. So, and he's been doing it for years. So I'll like make the cold call and he focuses more on our sphere. Cause he's more on like Monica's side of life. Like, the sphere based relationship building, all that stuff. So I make the cold call to an expired for sale by owner, you know, circle prospecting leads, whatever it is. I set the appointment, I put it on his calendar. He then calls them immediately so that he can, so they know who he is, right? Like the whole time I'm talking about we, us, me and Alan, blah, blah, blah. So then he calls, introduces himself, does like a pre-qualifying Thing, like if it's a listing appointment, which most of the time it is, if it's a buyer appointment, that's easy to do over Zoom. So most people don't really have any qualms about that. Um, but he would go and then he just takes it over. Like I rarely talk to them again unless he needs something, unless he need, thinks it's better if both of us are involved. You know, sometimes you have those clients that it's like, we're going to need to tag team this. Yeah. So what else do you do? in regards to the business besides cold calling? Um, I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, that's all there really is. I think people like make it hard. I mean, we consider ourselves like semi-retired. Like we were doing over 120 deals a year. Now we're doing like 50, 55, something like that. And so we have like just a much better work-life balance. And when I came back, then Alan was like, oh, we really could do it. It was fine. Now he goes to Florida for two months in the winter. <laughs> like, Alan, you can't leave me here in the winter. I need you to come back. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? I can't so go meet clients. <laughs> right. That's what I was going to ask you. So if he's gone, how are you handling that? Are you doing that? I do are you do it. Yeah, yes, of course. It's just not your preference. And you are quite, quite a rare breed because most people are not going to say they like cold calling. Well, that's where the money is and that's where the freedom is. So like when you know how to cold call and you know how to, or even call your sphere, when you know how to get leads that are qualified leads, you can really write your own future. So I don't, I mean, there's a lot of things that you do now that you didn't like when you first started, but you saw that they led, they got you to your goal or whatever, right? Like nobody likes losing weight, but they like how they look. Mm -hmm. So you do the things that you need to do in order to get what you want. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, what's that? I said, that's a whole nother podcast. Right. They don't need to be hosting. So, <laughs> but then you're all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, you can't like live without going to the gym every day or taking right. whatever it is. Right. And it's the same thing with, for me with cold calling. It's like, I love doing it. Like it fills my soul. You talk to so many people every day. Most people are really nice. Like, and you get to help people. And I figure if I'm not calling them, we have like 1.4 million realtors in the country or something like that. And most mm. of them are not good. I mean, right. And it's unfortunate. I mean, I have a whole sidebar about that. They can listen to my podcast. I kind of go off. But like, anyway, I'll spare you. But so if I don't call them, their chances of getting somebody terrible are really high. And mm. I know that me and Alan are the best, right? 
So it's like, I want to help them. Yeah. So when you, how much time are you spending a day cold calling? I mean, not much. We've been doing this for a long time. So like Alan calls our, uh, he calls like our past clients and center of influence and stuff like that. I'm like two hours a day on the phone. I mean, I do like other random stuff, right? Like I work on my podcast. I'm learning Spanish. I guess that's not for the company. I don't know. Well, you never know. (laughs) It's true. It's true. You may have that only Spanish speaking client come into town that needs your help. Mm -hmm. You're going to be prepared. Love that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I would say with like you have, there's always some admin stuff, right? So now we don't have a full-time assistant. We have a transaction coordinator, which is really all you need when you're doing like 50 deals. Like you don't need, you know, all this stuff. People, you don't need to spend a bunch of money. So our profit margin is really high. So when you're doing this cold calling, are you, what does that look like? Are you sitting down with a, you're taking a particular geographical area? You're taking, how are you getting, where does the cold call lead come from? Uh, So I pay for a system called Vulcan and they provide me um, expireds for sale by owners old expireds, uh, pre-foreclosures for rent by owner. And then I also get neighborhood data. So like, so there's some days I spend more time on the phone. Like we just bought, there was an agent that retired. So we just bought his business. So these days I'm spending a few more hours like going through his database because it's 2000 people. And that takes a minute to get through. You know, mm-hmm. I have to like make sure the phone number is right. The email, I want to make sure I get in touch with them. So I'm like calling, emailing, texting them. So that takes a while. That's really interesting because I feel like you have a different mindset of how this is truly a business and you're building the business kind of from a different door than a lot of people really want to go with. But it's so true. And I know I interviewed Andrea Bloom from Canada, mm-hmm. I think from Toronto back months ago. And she just, her philosophy was so similar to some of yours. And I mean, it, it, she, she did the whole thing, but in that interview, I mean, she says, I figure out how many months of the year that I want to work yeah. and it's a numbers game. And right. she knows how many phone calls that she's going to have to make. Exactly. To, make money. And it's just such an interesting perspective. Well, when you track your numbers, no matter who you're, no matter who, how you want to generate leads, like there's a million ways to do it. Right. So like pick your two, maybe three ways, but I wouldn't do more than that. And like really do those really well. And like she said, you know, track your numbers. So yeah, Yeah. there's a lot more freedom in that. I mean, I'm not saying everybody has cold call. Most people don't like it and that's fine, but most people have a sphere that they don't talk to. Talk to them. What do you think makes your cold calls work? I mean, and, and how, what do you know what the numbers are? I mean, how many phone calls do you have to make to see something come from that? It kind of like ebbs and flows, but generally between 30 to 50 contacts will yield to appointments So it depends on how much you want to do. So, yeah. yeah. So if you want to do 
And I've also been doing it for 10 years. And it also depends on who you're calling. So if I'm circle prospecting, the numbers are closer to um, like 80 to 120, depending on the neighborhood. And when you say circle prospecting, what explain uh, Calling that? neighborhoods, like maybe okay. we've just had a property that's just listed or whatever. And I'm trying to see who else wants to list theirs or just sold and see who else wants to sell theirs. Um, that's really depends on the neighborhood because some neighborhoods are more transient than others, you know, and I just don't, sure. I really don't try to overthink it. I just like do the work and I'm sure there's like a better way to do it, but I'm just more like, ah, just do it. <laughs> like just get in there and do it. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like, if you know that you make 30 contacts and a contact for me is like somebody who answered the phone, basically they could tell me to, you know, F off or they could an- have a good conversation for me. It's the same. So if I know, you know, 30 contacts is going to lead me to two appointments, then if I want four appointments, I got to make 60 contacts. And to make 60 contacts, that's a lot. 30 contacts in a day takes about three hours. Mm. That's interesting to know because I'm sure you're getting a lot of voicemails. People are answering their phone. Yeah. And- so sometimes you can text. It kind of depends on the laws and where you're at and if you know them or not. And there's rules. I don't know. I'm, I don't, yeah. I don't want to like yeah. overstep my boundaries, but sometimes you, you know, you can text them and, or you have their email or whatever. Sometimes you leave a voicemail. Sometimes you don't, you get a feel for it. So tell me what that conversation looks like when you're cold calling. Um, like an expired. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So ring, ring. Hello. Hi, is this April? It is. Hey, April. This is Jen Mertland. I'm a real estate agent. I was calling about your house on Main Street. Yes, it's we took it off the market. Mm. Yeah, I did see that. I came off. I was a little surprised. What do you think stopped it from selling? You know, I just don't feel like our realtor really worked it. Oh, no. Well, where were you planning on moving? We just um, wanted to move to a neighborhood across town. Okay. Did you already have a place picked out? We had our eyes on a few places, not any, we didn't have a contract, but kind of. Yeah, stuff's kind of going pretty quick, huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's unfortunate. And I mean, a lot of great houses, like, you know, don't sell the first time. And sometimes it is for this reason. Are you guys still wanting to move? You know, we're undecided. I guess if somebody walked up and knocked on the door and wanted to buy our house, we would sell it. But <laughs> That'd be great. don't know that we really, you know, it's a lot of work having your house yeah. on the market and ready to sell. And Do you get you a know, lot of showings? Um, we got it some, not a lot. We got mm-hmm. some. Okay. Any offers? We got one offer. It was kind of low. Ew. And they couldn't, they wouldn't come up or was it like an investor? Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm not sure. That's kind of weird, right? That they would do that. I mean, your house is in really good shape. Were they just like, really afford, they probably shouldn't have been looking at it in the first place. Maybe so. Yeah. It's important to call the agents before they show so that these unqualified people aren't disturbing your day, you know, with all the kids, dogs and all this. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, did you ever look at buying before you were selling or did you definitely want to sell first? Uh, I think we need to sell first. Okay. It's your preference. Well, and a lot of times we can negotiate occupancy too, so that you don't have to move twice. Or do you have a place you would go? Yeah. No, no. We would hope that we could just do everything like dominoes, move right from one to the other. Yeah. That's, that's usually the best way to do it. 
What's prompting the move? Just, you know, we've lived here a long time and mm-hmm. we just kind of like a bigger house. And yeah. we like the we like those neighborhoods over there. So Yeah, they're great. Um, and the interest rates are so low. It's like getting the a bigger house for the same price. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if you yeah. guys were able to get what you wanted for the house and it was like less frustrating process, is that something you would take a look at? Um, I'd have to talk to my husband, but, um, of course, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I think we're open, you know, we're just, we're kind of tired of, well, it's frustrating. It's like, yeah, yeah, you put it on the market, hoping like the thought, the plan was to go ahead and sell it. You're seeing everything else sell. And it's like, what's going on? And it's probably exactly what you said. It's just something needs to maybe a little bit more aggressive, the marketing and the finding the right buyer and things like that. Yeah. 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 Well, look, you, this, your house is exactly like right in the middle of where we do a lot of business. And so I'm looking at my partner's calendar. His name's Alan. He's actually going to be there um, later on this evening. Are you guys both working from home now? Yes. Okay. Um, are you available around like five, five thirty? I'd have to check with my husband, but I think so. Okay. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't um, let's pencil in like five, five 30 and I'll go ahead and text you. Is this your cell? Yes. Okay, perfect. I'll text you. And then let's, um, why don't you confirm with him and then we'll reconfirm in a couple hours. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Perfect. Wow. That's it. Okay. So how, how typical is that for a conversation that you would have? Uh, Two out of 30. Okay. Yeah. So what do you usually get? Well, usually the other 28 are like no's or there's no motivation or, I mean, they're not all expired. So like sometimes they're for sale by owners and they don't really want to. So a for sale by owner conversation goes a little bit different. I mean, they're shorter because they either want to work with a realtor now or not. And if they Mm -hmm. don't, that's okay. What I want to look for is, are they actually motivated? Because that's like one out of 20 for sale by owners are actually motivated to sell. So I'm looking to see if this is my one. But I mean, yeah, either they're just like, no, they hang up. They are, you know, it was their relative where you can tell, like there's objection handlers you can handle, like if it's a relative, but sometimes you can tell by people's voices, are they really open to hearing you. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like when you first start talking to someone, you've got to break down a wall? Because I know if I feel like a telemarketer is calling me, mm-hmm. I'm not the most friendly person at the beginning of the call, typically. Um, yeah, sometimes. And the, the meaner the people are, the better chance you have. Really? Yeah, because if the mean people keep talking, they want you to solve their problem. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. So I like it when they're mean. I mean, I'm mean. I don't care. <laughs> you know, and I think it's just such a difference in the way that how confident someone is when when they're talking to you. Um, as far as someone trying to, you being that person that's calling me, if you're confident and comfortable, right. and I think even more, more comfortable than confident, yeah. it's just you're comfortable I don't feel like I have to make excuses mm-hmm. or 
I, I don't know. I just feel like it, it can be a more comfortable conversation. So, um, well, it's interesting. And if you have your mindset too, like, I really want to help you, you know, like if I can't help you, it's not a problem. Like I'll just call somebody yeah. else because I know yeah. there's people, I mean, houses go up for sale every day. I just have to yeah. find the, it's you're hunting. Like I just have to find that person. So if it's not you, it, it's no problem. But if it is right. you, then I want to help you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a team it, effort. Like you can't, it's not just about you, the like you, the realtor selling their house. Like everybody has to do their part. Like the sellers mm-hmm. have to get out. They have to turn all the lights on. They have to make the house look good. Open the blinds. Right. Like they have to get out. They, you know what I mean? Like everybody has right. to, it's a team effort. So if I don't sure. feel like we can work together or you're not, it's just not going to work. I'd rather just move on. So once Alan gets that listing, are you involved beyond that? Or not really. That- not unless he thinks that it would be better if we were both doing it. Yeah. That's interesting. And then with you doing this part of it, do you mind me asking how how you guys split? Are you par- even partners or does he yeah. get more? So Team Synergy is our team and I've owned it the whole time. Um, I made him a partner in 2020. So he had been okay. with me sit like six years and we, I mean, we do everything together. So we just split everything. We split the expenses. We split, well, how we structure it is he has a company called Allen Wisman Cells and I have Team Synergy and we both own Synergy Cells. So all of our commissions go into Synergy Cells. We mostly put all of the sales under him because he's the one, well, we do kind of do a dual, but He's the one that likes all the awards and stuff, mm-hmm. which I think are dumb. That's a different podcast. I hate paying for mm-hmm. awards that you earn. Anyway, so it just really depends. I mean, and that's kind of ebbed and flowed like throughout the years. I don't really care. I just want the money. Yeah. But yeah, we just, we're 50-50 on everything. I mean, and truly, when you look at the business, where the deals come from, they really are because of both of us. Like he calls my sphere, but if he wasn't calling them, I wouldn't call. Yeah. Right. And if I wasn't cold calling, he wouldn't. So he's really working more of those warm, hot leads. Yeah, he's great and, at it. And I'm terrible. So it works out great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you do much um, research on an area before you start calling or you just... No, I mean, I've been... I mean, we were selling over 100 houses for a long time in this area. So I know where everything is. Right, right. Do you kind of define, uh, do you have like a certain area that you're kind of working or do you? No, we do it more by like, there are certain price points that I really don't like to go below and certain ones I don't like to go above. Because in our market, anything above like 450 is considered luxury, but really anything above 350 gives me a headache. It's mm-hmm. something about the people. So like, I'm like, I really, really love that like 250 to like 350 range is my favorite. But yeah. we do get, we do do, cause I, um, I'm an investor also. And I had a property management company too. So we do have, get some residual like investor type stuff coming and that, and I actually handle that. So even when I was gone, I still handled that stuff because Alan doesn't do anything with like rentals or investment property or anything like that. Yeah. So do you, is Alan working with buyers at all? Are you just completely working with sellers? We do do buyers too. 
Um, we've okay. had more buyers this year than we ever have in the past. It's not our preference. We're not very coddly. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if we, if there's a buyer that we've made homeless, we will find them a house or, you know, he makes exceptions or whatever. And then now I am home. So I do help him if he needs help, but he really does most of it. I mean, yeah, you know, but 50, you know, 50, 60 deals a year, you're only talking about five sales a month. I mean, it's just not that much, you know? So you, I mean, you can get that done pretty easily. Right. If people are doing less than that and they're working all the time. I, I would, they should call me. I can help. yes yes like if you're not gonna if you don't want to do 50 deals and a lot of people don't they only want to do like you know maybe 15 and that's okay but it's not a full-time don't work full-time but in the shortest amount of time you know right right exactly Mm -hmm. so obviously this had to evolve over time to get to this point what do you feel like was the tipping point or feel free to talk about how that would have come about. I mean, I'm sure you didn't get into real estate and think, okay, I'm just going to be a cold, I'm just going to cold called for leads. Oh, right. No, but I always wanted to be in real estate. It's so stupid. Like most of my family, they think I'm insane. So like, even when I was a little girl, I remember we went to, I don't even know how old I was. I was like middle school. So like 10, 11 years old. And this is back when you had the newspaper, you know? So... (laughs) We went to San Francisco and I opened up the newspaper and there were open houses and I circled like three of them. I was like, mom, I want to go to these open houses. She was like, you're so weird. I was like, I do. I want to go. And that's what we did for vacation is went and looked at houses. That's so funny. <laughs> I just I can totally relate to that though. I mean, truly. You're the same. <laughs> well, I, I mean, anywhere I'm traveling, like I'm picking up the real estate magazines and I, I don't want to waste a real realtor's time but i mean i would love to go look at properties but yeah if you have well, you can interview blood. them for your podcast so when i was traveling around the world like we didn't start the podcast until like the end of my travels when i was in mexico but even when i was traveling i went and met realtors in peru and like went to some of their meetings and i met i did interviewed an agent in colombia to like see like i didn't even have the podcast i was like i want to know like how real estate's done here you know, right. and like interviewed her. So like, you could do that. You could just interview agents for your podcast and be like, let's just do it in this listing you have. <laughs> exactly. For That's exactly right. And don't worry, that thought has definitely crossed my mind because I do love to travel and I love seeing real estate. And It's yeah, so my, fun to see like, what can it buy you, you know? Yeah. My sister and I were in California last year. We were on, um, it's Balboa Island. It's just this little, little, little bitty and houses are just I mean, oh. they've put as many houses on that little island as you can possibly get. Oh my but they're, it's just so interesting. And she's like, oh, let's go look. At, we had kids with us. I mean, grown kids, but it's oh. they didn't have any interest in, you know, looking at houses. <laughs> but she's like, let's go to that open, open house. And I'm like, awesome. oh, yeah, the kids would love it. They would be thrilled. Sure. That's what they want to do. They definitely want to do that. <laughs> when you get it, when it gets in your blood, it for sure I don't know if you said, I mean, how did you pivot from selling real estate or whatever your involvement was to this point? Well, when, so I always wanted to be in real estate, but back then the average age of a realtor was like 605. They had (laughs) all this makeup, all this big hair, all these like, it's just like, it was a drama. Like, I don't know. They looked like they were on some kind of 
like soap opera or something, you know, it was, I was like, I'm not like that at all. Like I'm a minimalist. I literally wear the same, yeah, I literally wear the same thing every day. Like even to appointments, like I have jeans and a black shirt and that's what I wear. Even on appointments. I don't care if the house is $2 or $2 million. This is what I wear. Like if you don't like it, whatever. And I literally have three pairs of jeans. I have, Oh, I just got some new shirts in. So I have six shirts. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's it. And so I was like, I, know, I really can't do that. And then so I was like, okay, I'm going to go more on the investment side because I like the investment side of things. And I did my master's, um, I have my MBA specializing in project management. And so I did my project on like a renovation company. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I like sales. And um, I worked at Career Builder. Do you know what that is? No, it's a job posting board. So when I worked there, we would call businesses to see if we could post their openings on the internet. And I was calling when they didn't even have internet where I was calling. Like this was a long time ago. Okay. So that's what I think. That's how I figured out cold calling leads to money. And then it just occurred to me one day, I was like, screw it. I don't care. I'm not a hundred and I don't care. I'm going to do this. And then I just did it. <laughs> My staff, I could, you can't pay yourself in the beginning. Right. So like I had another job where I think I was making like something stupid, like $500 a month. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> My rent was like four seventy five, and it was like a shoe box. Oh and I was like, I would like, just eat pizza rolls. And like, that was it. I wouldn't do any, I would just work the whole time just trying to hustle. You know, it was so funny. And now, I mean, now it's totally different. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Well, you know, everybody has to figure out what works for them. Yeah. And that is what I love about the podcast and interviewing different people. And it, and I, and I know if people have listened to many of them, episodes they've Mm -hmm. heard me say over and over again it's just different you learn yeah and you can implement different things from different people because different people have different personalities they're going to work in different ways but you can pick something up and say that would work for me that wouldn't work for me but um you know it's what makes the world go round exactly very interesting. And obviously there's got to be somebody out there that will work with the buyers and coddle them. So that's okay. And, and we've got people that want to work with buyers and really don't care about having listings. So we're glad that you and Alan are, you know, putting the listings out there. Yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting to, you know, just to see how somebody evolves into where they are, but to understand what the ultimate goal is. So for you, what, I mean, what do you say, what is the ultimate goal for you? Well, for me, the reason I not only love real estate, I really do love the investment side of real estate. And so for me, I realized that being a realtor is a great way to make a lot of money and you can make as much or as little as you want. I mean, that's most sales in general, but like owning your own business, it's it's a totally different animal than working for somebody. So, and I'm a terrible employee because I'm too sassy. So I wanted to make as much money as I can to buy properties. And so I own investment property, um, mostly single family housing. I do did have like some multifamilies, but I don't like that. So I just sold those and bought more single families. And that's it. So like, I'm really close to the goal of that. I want two more and then I'm done. Mm. 
So how many will that make? It'll make 12. I used to have 25, okay. girl. Ooh, 25 is too many. 12 is like just about right. Interesting. For me. I mean, it's a Yeah. Yeah. No, and I love that. You know what? Because more is not always better. And as a coach, and I coach people that aren't just in real estate, I have some business owners that I work with. And, you know, we're always talking about the bottom line in looking at, you know, sometimes you might have those multifamily units and you may have more money coming in, but it doesn't mean the bottom line is going to be Well, you have more headache and it depends. Yeah. I mean, then they have to like get along. I mean, there's all this stuff, but to your point about more isn't better. Like I always thought, because I come from a long line of entrepreneurs and I just always had in my mind that, and they're small business owners. So I don't even know why I thought this, but I thought you had to have like this big, company, like a lot of people, like all this stuff. And every time I would grow the company, it would, I would hate it. I would hate my life because to your point, it like everything that you have, there's always something you don't. Right. And so like, for me, I like pour so much into the people that one, I'm not doing the job that I like the most, which is cold calling. So I don't get to do that as much. And you're feeding all of this into people and not everybody is receptive to it. You know, I mean, obviously some people are, I mean, Alan was, I was his coach. I mean, he's in, he's in his sixties. So he got into real estate. Like after he retired, he was the best person I ever coached in my life. I begged him for a year to be on my team every day. Persistence without resistance is like my favorite. I was like, Alan, will you be on my team? Will you be on my team? He's like, no, no, no. And finally, after a year, he said yes. And then like the first day he was on the team, he was like, why didn't I do this before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, Alan, come on, man. <laughs> so, but so really quick, and we're about to run out of time, but I do want to know. So you said you were a team of 10 that went down to a team of four. What, what was that? That was just like different agents, some admin, like all these people. And it was just like so dramatic. I was like, I don't want to deal with all these agents. Like I would just rather not. Yeah. And, and so again, we go back to that more is not always better. Exactly. Because I thought you had to like have all these people. And I just came to realize that what I was giving up with all these people was I was giving up. I wasn't able to do what I really loved doing. And I was like, my soul was like leaking out of my ear. You know what I mean? I was like, this is not, I need a better, not, I think balance is an illusion, but like, I, this is not how I plan my life to be. Yeah. And I, I need it to be different. Yeah. So we just blew that shit up. Yeah. Get it. So what does 2021, what do you want it to look like? I mean, our life is perfect, honestly. Oh. We're going to, um, yeah, we're going to probably, our goal is like 75 deals. We want to do a little bit more because we want to do like, we want to both retire like really soon, like two years. So we want to do a push to get our financial goals. Mm. I mean, he's basically retired anyway, but he can start collecting. I think like, I don't know how old you have to be, but he's like right there. So can I ask um, how old you are? Me? I'll be 41 in two weeks. And you want to retire soon. What's that look like? Like 43. Wow. That's incredible, girl. But then what are you going to do? I mean, I'll, well, whoever I sell the business to, because Alan is like in charge of getting it organized, because if it were up to me, it would not be organized. So when we sell it, I'll probably just work for them, but like not really. Like I'll probably just cold call and refer them stuff. Okay. Like I do now. I'll just do what I do now. Yeah. It'll just, 
I won't have to worry about anything. Gotcha. I mean, I don't worry about anything now, but like, I don't have to be in charge. Sure. Sure. And, and yeah, I get it. That's awesome. I, you're, you are so different than I am. I mean, totally honest, but I just, I think I would have so much fun hanging out with you, but I'm sure everybody says that you're just a, you're a cool person. I can tell. So. Well, thank you, April. It was really fun to be on and I'm looking forward to you being on our podcast too. I know you'll have some really great insights for the, for everyone. We'll hope, we will hope that's true. (laughs) And I will definitely put in the notes where um, everyone can find your podcast as well. What would you say as your parting words, um, what advice would you give to someone new in the business? If you're not where you want to be, stop listening to everybody who's also not where you want to be Mm. or where they want to be. Get advice and listen to the people that are like where either you want to be or where they are, where they set out and they are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got advice, but if it's not working for them, it's probably. Yeah. 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 I told people like when I was training them, it's like in our, cause we were at Keller Williams before now we're at EXP, but it was like each office, I guess probably everywhere has like a list of kind of ranks order the agents. And it's like, if your people are going to give you advice before you listen, make sure you see where they are on that list. Mm, that's right. If they're at the bottom, do you want to be at the bottom? You will be if you take their advice. Yeah. It's, it's like the people with parenting advice that have no children. You know, they have. That's me. I give all kinds of advice. <laughs> no kids. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm always like, or like I give, I don't, I'm divorced. So my married friends are like, what should I do? I was like, I can tell you what I did. So I think we should do the opposite right. of that because I'm divorced and you don't want to be divorced. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. I get it. What not to do. You'll write the book. Exactly. What not to do. Oh, gee. Exactly. Well, thanks so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate you being on today and. And I know that there's going to be some people that have uh, some, you know, get some really good things from this. So I appreciate you taking time to share. Thanks so much, April. Bye. Wow. Wasn't that a fun interview? I really enjoyed spending the time with Jennifer. I said, if I had a party, I would want to invite Jennifer to the party. She seems like she would just be the life of the party, enjoys to laugh and have fun. And I hope that you got something from the interview that you can implement into your business that would make you better. Um, I encourage you just to think of the highlight from this episode and don't let it just go in one ear and out the other. But um, what can are some action steps that you could take to implement something that you may have learned today. Well, we're wrapping up and um, I really just appreciate you giving of your time to be a part of Real Estate Masters podcast. I hope that you'll share with someone in the business and let them know that this might be of benefit to them. Maybe share with them your favorite episode. If you've not listened to them all or have missed some, go back because I believe that there's just some great information in every single episode. Our guests have really just been incredible and I'm really excited. Some of our upcoming guests that we're going to be interviewing, I think you're going to just find some, just some great value in those upcoming episodes. So it's Christmas season. It's a time, just let me remind you, just to be kind. There's so many hurting people right now, so many that are suffering and think of something that you can do today to just show kindness and uh, it makes the world a better place. So I look forward to being with you on our next episode and Merry Christmas. Enjoy the beautiful season. Mm -hmm.